You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Paul Furiga hosts a great podcast called Storylines Live. Paul, tell us what you talk about on the show. The most important story any business owns, it's capital S story. The narrative that answers why someone would buy from, work for, invest in, or partner with that business. In each Storylines Live episode, we explore business storytelling and interview business leaders and marketing experts about their capital S stories. Awesome. And where can people subscribe? Go to wordwriteagency.com forward slash storylines or find the show at marketingpodcast.net or search for Storylines Live wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. Hey everyone, you are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Casal. I'm joined today by Jenny Hughes, who is a trauma psychologist and has a lot to talk about today in terms of vicarious trauma, burnout, and how it impacts the profession, how it impacts you as an entrepreneur, as a human, and strategies as well. So thanks, Jenny, for coming on and making the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So it sounds like, you know, vicarious trauma or VT, as you refer to it, is your jam. And for the listeners who maybe aren't mental health professionals, can you kind of briefly describe what vicarious trauma is and how that shows up for people? Yeah, definitely. So vicarious trauma is, honestly, I talk about it as an inevitable part of our work as therapists, helpers, and healers, because we come into these professions as empathic humans. We want to help other people. And so that means that we're at risk of soaking up the stress and trauma that we are helping them with. And that is the vicarious trauma. So I think of us as like sponges and we're kind of soaking up our clients' stress, their trauma. And when we don't have ways to wring out the sponge, then that kind of inevitable experience of it, vicarious trauma can turn into things that are really, really difficult. Not that VT isn't tough, but it can turn into like compassion fatigue, secondary traumatic stress, and then burnout where we kind of jump ship for that life raft because we feel like we don't have anything else to do. That's a great explanation and overview. And yeah, I think that's really true in this profession and all helping professions, like you mentioned. And I think we're seeing um, an alarming uh, rate of mental health professionals leaving the profession after the last couple of years who really have felt like they've gone through the ringer and understandably so. And maybe they're thinking like there's greener pastures out there or the grass is greener or like I just need such a massive life shift that I'm going to leave this career path. And I know for a lot of people, that feeling and thought process alone can create a lot of shamefulness and a lot of grief because there was so much energy and hard work and emotion that went into obtaining licensure, becoming a professional and starting a business, whatever the case may be. So it's really disheartening to see what we're seeing. But I also think it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways because of the way society is set up. And there's nothing wrong with leaving any profession, right? And when we don't do it on our own terms, when we don't do it from a place of feeling like we're making a grounded and informed decision, that grief and anger is going to be so present. And then we're always going to be wondering what if. And that's a big part of the work that I do with therapists and helpers and healers is 
give them all the options, but even more so give them and work with them to find the ways that are realistic and sustainable to manage whatever it is that they want to be doing at that time. Yeah, I think the intentionality and the the intentionality behind the decision is really the most important piece. So if you're leaving the profession or any profession because you just feel so burnt out and you've experienced so much and you just haven't been able to work through that to the best of your ability, I think that feels different than if you're saying like, eh, this is kind of boring to me or this isn't really doing it for me anymore. I want to pursue this. And I think that's what you see a lot of, right? Is like you mentioned not being able to wring out the sponge. And that's a great... um that's great imagery and a great analogy because that's really ha- what it feels like as it starts to build up and absorb and get heavier, then it really does start to come out in problematic ways. And um, do you want to talk a little bit about the problem areas that start to arise mm-hmm. when this stuff isn't addressed? Yeah. And it, and it happens gradually. And then all of a sudden it feels like we get slapped across the face with it. <laughs> um, and I've been there too. I'm happy to share some of my own experiences, but when it starts to like seep out um, unintentionally, some of the main kind of signs that people will talk about is um, feeling like really irritable. That's a big one for me. Also isolating. Um, those are my two big red flags. If I'm like super cranky and don't want to talk to anyone that like whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Then I have to have, I have to be in, ch- in touch with myself and be like, okay, Jenny, what are you doing? You need to check in with your VC. Other things though, like a lot of times it'll be those little things we do to avoid stuff in our work. So like avoiding emails or phone calls. Um, unfortunately it can turn into like dreading our work and even dreading um, parts of our work that we have really loved and that have felt really exciting and fulfilling. Um, and then it can even kind of creep into like our sleep, um, our relationships. I often kind of break it into like emotional, physical, relational, and occupational effects um, because we have to think about ourselves as whole people within our systems and be aware of all the ways it could be showing up for us. Yeah, absolutely. Irritability and disconnection and isolation for me are also two of my indications. And I know that I have like go-to coping skills when that's happened. And that means that essentially my capacity has been diminished so much that I need to do whatever feels most comforting to recharge. And the problem I think for so many of us is that we don't acknowledge or recognize that until it's too late. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, shit, I am here. How do I get back? And that's what I hear a lot of when people start talking about burnout is like, and you mentioned this before um, in some of the stuff that you sent me before we started talking was bubble baths, walks on the beach, whatever. Yeah, we (laughs) love those things, but that's not the cure-all. And it's not really an option for a lot of people in terms of soothing and and grounding and and self-care strategy. And a lot of the times I think we're starting to incorporate self-care or preventative measures when it's too late, when it's like, I'm now living my life in a situation where I am constantly looking forward to the next experience that will take me away from my day to day. And that Mm -hmm. is just really challenging. And I understand why we get into that mindset as human beings in general. But like, there's, I think there's a difference between like looking forward to something on the horizon and having something on the horizon be the only way you can get through the day. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, honestly, I think that one of the big drivers of that are 
um, as helpers and healers, we're not given permission to say when we're struggling, we're not given permission to say like, I'm not okay, you know, and we, whether it's been said to us explicitly or not internalize these messages of like, we have to be perfect. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, you're a therapist. You got it all together. <laughs> like, no, I don't. <laughs> you want to know the hot mess express that I'm on? Like, and it's okay that I am a hot mess at times because I'm an imperfect human. I'm perfect. I, I, I've started saying a lot. I'm imperfectly perfect or no, perfectly imperfect, right? Like, um, and, and working to really kind of embrace that for myself, because certainly I like to, I can be an overachiever, surprise, surprise to people who know me. I think a lot of us can be that go into these fields. Um, and that can get you really far, but when we don't have realistic and sustainable ways to care for ourselves, then the bubble baths and the chocolate and the beach walks, they're just, they're not going to do it. No, those are like band-aid fixes at that time. Right. It's almost like your Zoom uh, screen right now, you know, you're using a background to blur out the background, right? So like essentially, that's kind of what we see on the outside looking in for a lot of mental health and helping professionals of like, look how perfect this is because right. know, we're kind of muting out everything that's going on in the background in our own lives. And it's a challenging profession. You know, I don't work as a clinician anymore. I've kind of become a retired clinician since uh, mm -hmm. having throat surgery in October. And um it's one of those professions though, where you're absorbing, you're absorbing, you're absorbing, you're listening, you're being empathic, empathetic, you are attuned, you're paying attention to everything that's tracking, and you're also hearing some pretty horrific stories, and you're in that with your client, and then you leave, and you can't talk about it to anybody, you can't mm -hmm. tell yourself, like, hey, this is what I talked about at work today, it's like, your brain is just no longer really functioning optimally. Your executive functioning goes down and you're just kind of like, fuck, I don't know how to get back to where I felt like that spark to be a helper or that spark to yeah. look at my schedule and feel really energized about what I'm doing. And I think a lot of clinicians, right? Like, especially over the last couple of years with COVID have left community mental health jobs to start private practices or join group practices because it was kind of very apparent, like, well, if people aren't going to take care of me during a pandemic, I'm going to have to figure it out my, myself. Mm -hmm. I applaud that 100 fucking percent. Mm -hmm. but what happens is like that spark of excitement carries you through. But then you recreate your agency job setting and you overload your yep. schedule and you can't say no and you can't set boundaries and you don't charge your clients and all the things that starts piling up, all of a sudden you're working for yourself. Great. But you've created a culture for yourself that is not sustainable. And mm -hmm. it becomes very challenging to dig out from that hole once you've created it. And I think a struggle that I hear so often from people in my circles is like, yeah, I went on this vacation for two weeks and I thought it would recharge me. And I came back and I'm right back to where I was before I left. And yeah. that just doesn't feel good when you're doing the heavy work that we're doing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think a lot of that... Um, you know, comes again to those internalized messages that we have to give more than we receive, that we have to even sacrifice ourselves. But we're also not taught how, I mean, you talk about this all the time, we're not taught how to be business owners and, and how to ethically, responsibly, healthily, like establish and run our businesses. And so then, I mean, I also have made pivots to private practice, to other diversified incomes. And um, those have been on the heels of different 
times of burnout and vicarious trauma for me. Um, and I've had to learn the hard way too, that it's not a magic fix, that I have to make sure that I have my people that are my community and supporting me around me that I can really share these things with. Um, and that I have spaces where I can be able to talk about the difficulties, not just of the clinical work, but of what it's like to be a business owner, to be a human, whatever it might be, because isolation and like you're saying, organizational factors are the greatest predictors of burnout. And when we work for ourselves, we are the organization. And so we have to be super aware um, and like just really intentional about how we're setting up our organization. But we don't even think about that because it's like, it's just me, whatever. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Paul Furiga hosts a great podcast called Storylines Live. Paul, tell us what you talk about on the show. The most important story any business owns, it's capital S story. The narrative that answers why someone would buy from, work for, invest in, or partner with that business. In each Storylines Live episode, we explore business storytelling and interview business leaders and marketing experts about their capital S stories. Awesome. And where can people subscribe? Go to wordwriteagency.com forward slash storylines or find the show at marketingpodcast.net. Or search for Storylines Live wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. And now, pause for a word from our sponsors. Most of you who are listening are probably private or group practice owners. I know how important it is to save money in your business. And I also know how important it is to have live, quality, responsive customer service. That's why we switched our entire group practice from a well-known EHR to Therapy Notes last year. If you're coming from another EHR, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot.com and Google. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know and try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just go to therapynotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. They also have e-prescription software available and included, meaning that you do not have to have separate platforms for your medical billers and your medication management team. This is incredibly helpful and it makes sure that everything feels streamlined. Go to therapynotes.com and enter promo code ATPP. And it's very easy when it's just you to say yes to, to more yeah. things that come your way. Like, oh. I could take another client. Oh, I really resonate with this issue that they're calling about. I could fit them in somewhere. Yeah. Oh, I, I do want to go on another podcast. So I'll, you know, your schedule becomes to begins to look like a game of Tetris. And then you wake up and look at your calendar for the week and you're like, oh, I don't want to do any of this. And yeah, I, I think that's so demoralizing for, for those of us who are entrepreneurial, who have started our own ventures and are pursuing our passions. And then to, essentially create a situation where it's no longer energizing or fun and mm -hmm. our work can be fun. Like the mental health profession can be enjoyable and really creative. Yeah. And it, I think sometimes it's also about like, maybe it's taking a step back and looking at your calendar and your schedule and revisiting the hours that you see people. And that'll bring up some stuff for people where they're like, fine, I have to be really accessible and I have to see people after 6 PM and I have to do weekends. And it's like, no, you don't like you can choose to do that. 
right. You right. Can you can make that choice. Yeah. But it should never feel like I have to. And I think yeah. for those of us who are business owners or you are listening to this podcast, it's probably because you're a business owner or want to become one. And I think when I poll people like and do market research on like, why did you become an entrepreneur? Right. Like really the answers are the same. It's like autonomy, freedom, flexibility, the ability to make my own decisions, set my own hours. So if you start straying away from that, if you start running your business from a point where it's no longer values aligned, where it no longer makes sense for you, you become really resentful of your business. You become <laughs> irritated by the decisions that you have made. And that is challenging because that becomes a very introspective, like personalized process of like, I'm not happy with this and I am the one to blame. And that can feel really complicated and really challenging to work through. And really scary. And, you know, a great person and resource is Nicole Lewis Keeber. Do you know, have you had her on here? I haven't. I know the name, though. So she, I'm pointing it up right now. She wrote a book called, let's see. She wrote a book. I'm trying to pull up the book name. I can't. Oh, here we go. Books. Um, but it's all about how our trauma shows up in our business and how to do that work. Um, so, so yeah, so Nicole Lewis Kieber is called How to Love Your Business. And it is a trauma-informed approach to look at ourselves as business owners and to really examine um, how our trauma could be running our business instead of us running our business. And so that is a really, really great resource that I recommend to entrepreneurs. That's a great resource. And a good friend and colleague of mine, Unetta Smith, also has a lot of, um, she has a book, she has a lot of talks about trauma running your business. And I think so often, if we get into the helping profession, probably got into the helping profession for a reason. And <laughs> the odds are, we've experienced some trauma as, you know, yep. most human beings have, but it really can lead us astray when we're not working through it. And I don't just mean our own personal trauma histories, like our trauma narratives that then influence our business decisions and how it shows up when we're making decisions about whether to say yes to something or whether we feel obligated or whether we feel pressure to do A, B, and C. It really starts to play a role and it can lead you down a path that is really challenging. So I think just having strategies to one, catch it before it gets too late, right? Like we want to have some awareness of this to like, what can we start to put into place that are attainable and tangible and actionable in mm -hmm. the moment now, like starting today and three, like how to really keep some intentionality behind the decisions that you do. And then incorporating the skill sets that you talk about, because I do think all of this stuff really ties in and intertwines with one another. Yeah, and I'll go through each one of those. One other VT sign that I do want to point out, though, is overworking. <laughs> and it comes right back to trauma running our business, because especially since a lot of us come into this profession because of the me search that you're talking about, that's what I always refer to it as. Um, and then being productive, helping, doing all these things, it feels good. We, we do love this work. Um, but overworking can then end up being a sign of vicarious trauma as well, because it's like that distraction and avoidance stuff. As long as I'm working and I'm producing, I'm helping others. I don't have to deal with my own shit. Right. So, exactly. um, 
And so, but like you're saying, so identifying it, what do we do and how do we sustain that stuff, right? So um, the first thing is is naming our vicarious trauma. And um, I have a free tracker that I'll share with your audience that goes through these four different areas of emotional, physical, relational, and occupational functioning, basically. Um, and it helps kind of go through a checklist first of like, are these things showing up for you in these different areas? And then I encourage people to track VT over the course of seven days to the best of their ability. doesn't have to be perfect um, to get a snapshot of what it looks like. And then and and I and I work with people to do this on a regular basis. In my in my community, we track VT every three months together so that we're continuously on top of it because it'll get sneaky. It's a chameleon, it'll kind of sneak up on you. But once you have that snapshot, it can show you both like the things that are working for you and those areas where you want to maybe make some shifts. And so looking at that snapshot. My first thing is don't do anything new. You don't have to go and learn a new thing. Like just go back to basics. Reignite those things that you know are helpful. So like for me, my go-tos are like walking my dog, um, making sure I'm doing yoga at least, you know, once or twice a week um, and connecting with, with people in different areas of my life for different reasons. Those are my the things that I know help me. Um, sure, I could go and like, I can't even tell you how many times I bought a new pair of running shoes and said I was going to start to be a runner. I'm not going to be a runner. Like, why? <laughs> I'm not going to add that on to help me like manage my BT, right? <laughs> um, and then sustaining it. So it's much easier said than done. And I think the greatest resource for sustaining these things is having other folks who are doing it with you. So whether that be people who are who practicing your like in your group practice or in your consultation group or online communities, whatever it might be. Um, but we need different kinds of people in our life for different things. And when it comes to vicarious trauma, because it is it happens because of our clinical work, it really is good to have other clinicians surrounding you that get what it's like that you can talk to about this work. Because like for me as a trauma therapist, I can't HIPAA, of course, but I can't just talk to people about my work. They didn't sign up for that. Like I did. I chose to sign up for that. And so I can talk to other trauma therapists about it or other therapist friends who've given me permission to talk about it, but not everyone can or wants to. And so finding those people where you guys can support each other, you can share together, you can come together in community, um, again, in imperfect ways, because there's going to be times that we fuck up and we stop going to yoga or we stop walking the dog or whatever it is and having a space where people are going to catch you and and hold you until you're ready to start doing those things again. Yeah, I love that. And I love the the example of like not adding new stuff in because you're not going to do it. And it's just, mm-hmm. and that just creates like this guilty, shameful reaction of like, oh man, I bought this exercise bike and now it haunts me from the corner of my office. <laughs> I never use it. And, um, you know, when you only have the capacity to do certain things, do the things that you're already, you're already doing that you enjoy doing that, you know, are good for you. And I do believe, yeah, community, 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 and intentional community. I think that's really important as well. Who you spend time with, who you share with, who you communicate with, who you're kind of in constant connection with. So really good tips that I, I think our audience will really resonate with today. Um, 
tell the audience a little bit about where they can find what you're offering and what you've got going on. Yeah, so to get the tracker, you can go to braveproviders.com slash VT tracker, and we can put that in the show notes. Um, and that'll get you the tracker. And I also have actually added, it's a free tracker, um, like a little bonus video course that walks people through it. Because I felt like it was important to have some of that guidance. Because just like you're saying, with the ways that, that VT and stress can affect our brain and our executive functioning, it's not that you're not doing anything well enough. It's just good to have all those supports there. Um, and so that's how you can get the tracker. You can also um, find me on Facebook. I have um, a free group called the Brave Vicarious Trauma Community. Um, and then I also run the Brave Trauma Therapist Collective, which is my online membership for trauma therapists, um, where we do all these things that we're talking about. Um, both kind of in our online private space and through live calls and things like that to come together as a group of people who believe in supporting our imperfections. Love it. All of that information will be in the show notes that all of you have access to Jenny's information. I want to just thank you for coming on and sharing these tips that hopefully some of you can start putting into life and action immediately. I think it's important to be proactive about this stuff and not to let it linger. Um, and to all the people who are listening to the All Things Private Practice podcast, new episodes are out every single week on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. You can like, download, subscribe, and share. Doubt yourself. Do it anyway. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Paul Furiga hosts a great podcast called Storylines Live. Paul, tell us what you talk about on the show. The most important story any business owns, it's capital S story. The narrative that answers why someone would buy from, work for, invest in, or partner with that business. In each Storylines Live episode, we explore business storytelling and interview business leaders and marketing experts about their capital S stories. Awesome. And where can people subscribe? Go to wordwriteagency.com forward slash storylines or find the show at marketingpodcast.net or search for Storylines Live wherever you get your podcasts. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.